the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today we have the honor of celebrating a wondrous event. So wondrous that on this day when this feast is celebrated on a Sunday, it actually replaces the regular Mass of that Sunday, which today would have been in our Trinity Sunday time. Today we celebrate the visitation of the visitation, excuse me, the visitation of the Blessed Virgin Mary, who at that moment was pregnant with the Word of God, Jesus Christ, and today she visits her relative Elizabeth, who was further along in her pregnancy with God's chosen prophet, St. John the Forerunner. And the narrative for us is from the Gospel of St. Luke and chapter 1. And before we get there, remember that the conception even of St. John the Forerunner, which we celebrated a little over a week ago and had a whole octave of remembering this. That the conception of St. John the Forerunner to Zacharias and Elizabeth was an absolute miracle because they were very advanced in their age at that time. And the same archangel came to Zacharias that came to the Blessed Virgin Mary. The archangel Gabriel came to even announce that they would conceive a child in their old age. And so we're told that after the Annunciation, when the Blessed Archangel came to the Virgin Mary, Christ now having been conceived, the Blessed Virgin Mother, she travels to her relative Elizabeth, who Mary already knew from that same Archangel at the Annunciation was pregnant. St. Bede says something very interesting to give a little bit more color to some of the background of this. That St. Pete tells us that our Lord's mother, she went to Elizabeth not just to congratulate her. She went there to serve her, to minister to her. In her old age, an old person being pregnant was going to have many struggles. She went there to be there, to tend to her, and to serve her during that pregnancy. As our Lord's mother enters the house for the first time, listen to what happens according to our gospel reading. And it happened. When Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, that the babe leapt in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And then she spoke with a loud voice, saying, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. Oh, my friends, there is such an abundance to take into ourselves about what happened in that very moment that you just heard read from the Gospel of St. Luke. I want you to try to wrap your minds around this. You will and won't be able to, I promise. But try to. Listen to this. A conceived child, St. John the Forerunner, still being formed in the womb of his mother, leaps with joy in the womb of his mother, at the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ, who had knit him together in his mother's womb. And at the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ in the womb of his blessed and holy mother, this child leaves two babies, each in their mother's womb, one responding to the other by God the Holy Spirit at the presence of the Word of God in that room. What an incredible moment. We'll spend our lifetime wrapping ourselves and our minds and our hearts around the beauty 
of what just happened in that room. And it communicates so much to us, so many truths spoken by the fathers for the last 2,000 years that God has revealed through this very narrative, this reality and this testimony. We're going to look at three things today. The first is this. It reveals to us that from conception forward, the womb of a mother is, in the womb of a mother, is a human person knit together by the Word of God, complete with a soul, just like you and me. And that that person with a soul in the womb has the ability to respond to the Holy Spirit and that which God the Holy Spirit might reveal to them. For at the presence of the Word of God in the womb of His mother, St. John the Forerunner experienced the joy of the presence of his Savior. And he leapt in his mother's womb as it were revealed to him who was in the room with him. Please hear this. And I simply share what has been revealed by Christ to his church for 2,000 plus years. And it will never change. And it has not changed. My friends, there is so much talk so many opinions, so many thoughts about abortion in this world. But abortion is not an issue of political. It is not a political issue. It is not a financial issue. It is not an economic issue. In the eyes of the Word of God who creates and knits together every soul, abortion is an issue in His eyes of created persons. Christ, our God's perspective on abortion, how he sees this, how it's written in the scriptures for us, is about the human person with a soul that he's knit together at that time. And despite the circumstances and various and all sundry of circumstances surround pregnancies, despite the circumstances, Christ, our God, is a redeemer of every circumstance that can befall mankind. He will take a person to himself and he will redeem the very circumstance and glorify himself through the mother and the life that has been created. And all of those people and so many over these 2000 years who have had an abortion and come to the church have experienced the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that covers their sins and puts them and knits them back together again after these things occur. But make no mistake. Christ has shared with his church very clearly, this is about created personhood, that he's breathed life into and formed in a mother's womb. And we hold to the truth revealed. And we see this wonder today as St. John leaps in the womb, unborn, leaps in the womb in the presence of Christ who is also not yet born. The second thing we need to see today from the, visita excuse me, the visitation of the Blessed Virgin Mary is that when her son leapt in her womb, Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and began to praise God and prophesy. Right in that room, listen to the verses. Then she spoke out with a loud voice when the Holy Spirit came upon her. Blessed are you among women. Do you recognize that statement? It's the very same reality that God, the Holy Spirit, through the Archangel Gabriel, shared with the Blessed Virgin Mary. And now the Holy Spirit wells up within Elizabeth and proclaims the same revelation of who is in the womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary 
She cries out, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told from the Lord. You see, Elizabeth's praise and her prophecy that was rooted in the Holy Spirit within her. It offers thanks to God, and at the same time, it offers thanksgiving to Mary and for Mary. And all that God would accomplish through her that begins and ends with her son, our Lord Jesus Christ. And what I just said to you is the very foundational revealed truth for our veneration, not our worship of the Blessed Virgin Mary, this most blessed woman that we celebrate today. Every bit of the veneration of our Lord's mother is founded on what our Lord Jesus Christ chose her for and did in and through her life. Consider this. If the Archangel Gabriel so venerated the Blessed Virgin Mary, and if God the Holy Spirit guided Elizabeth to proclaim such veneration like this, then why should we not follow with such veneration in what has been revealed by God, the Holy Spirit? Veneration, the honor of her chosenness, the honor of what God did through her. We venerate and we remember these things. Finally, what else do we glean today from the visitation of the Blessed Virgin Mary to Elizabeth? We find a virtue here in the Blessed Virgin Mary that is so critical to our salvation and the salvation of others. We find the beauty of the humility of Christ in His Blessed Mother. God the Holy Spirit leads Elizabeth to proclaim to Mary, Blessed are you among women. Blessed are you who, who believed. For you, through, through you salvation is coming to the earth. This is the proclamation. Incredible words coming into the ears and the heart and the soul of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And how does the Blessed Virgin respond to such great truths being proclaimed and prophesied about her? She receives the truth into herself, but she deflects any praise off of herself as she would voice led by the same Holy Spirit the great praise of God that we know as the Magnificat. Magnificat, so important by the leading of the Holy Spirit that she voiced that we pray at every Vesper service that we pray. Listen to just a few words of Mary's deflection of praise off of herself and back onto God. My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior for He has regarded the lowly estate of His handmaiden. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. You see, she accepts the truth within herself, the reality proclaimed by praise and prophecy, but her soul magnifies and rejoices in God, for this is His doing and His doing alone. And we hear this as she continues in the Magnificat, for He who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is His name. You see this, the humility in its most pure, honest, and true form. She knew that she was a vessel of God chosen who God would use in an incredible way for the salvation of souls all around the world. And yet at the same time, she fully understood that anything done in and through her both had its origination and its fulfillment in her son, Christ our God.
her humility that we see here. It's a fulfillment of both the words of the psalmist in Psalm 115. And we also have a glimpse of this. We see it in a glimpse into eternity in the revelation given to blessed Apostle John. Psalm 115, the psalmist says these very words, deflecting praise and giving glory to God. Not unto us, O Lord. Not unto us, but to your name give the glory. Because of your mercy. And because of your faithfulness, you hear the deflection of praise and the redirection to God. We see it in Revelation chapter 4, when the 24 elders were told were given crowns by Christ himself as rewards for their good works in Christ. And what do they do with their crowns? They take them back off of their heads and they lay them down at the feet of their Lord Jesus Christ. And they proclaim you alone are worthy, Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. Again, they accepted how God had used them. They did not walk in false humility, pretending that God had done nothing. But they took even how God used them and turned it to a voice of praise and worship to God that he might be glorified by their good works because they knew that every good and wondrous thing that Christ had done through their lives began and ended with him. Look at this icon of the Blessed Virgin Mary. That icon shouts this humility. Every icon of the Blessed Virgin Mary with the Christ child it has this structure to it. When you look at the Blessed Virgin Mary, immediately you see her head and her right hand. And they're taking your eyes off of her and putting them where? To our Lord Jesus Christ. And I tell you, that's the life of a Christian that glorifies God in everything that they do. Even every good and wondrous works done through any one of us. We are to live a life of the humility of Christ that deflects the glory and gives it back to God where it originated and where it belongs, for He has done marvelous things for us and for all mankind. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.